0: you're literally in someone's ear. And that is such an intimate and impactful space to be in because you don't let very many people close to you that way. And I think that's why podcasting has become so powerful and such a powerful tool of communication.
1: You're listening to Real Marketing Real Fast, the only podcast that brings you unfiltered, undaunted insider information on the latest tools and technologies for online marketers. Prepare to dive deep into marketing myths, breakthrough models, and cutting-edge strategies that will have an immediate impact on the growth of your business. And now, here's your host, marketing expert Doug Morneau. Well, welcome back. Listen to another episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Today, our conversation is all going to be around podcasting, the benefits, the pitfalls, and how to leverage a podcast to grow your brand, business, and or company. And in studio, I've got joining me Ginny Sarasvati, and she is an award-winning journalist and the founder of Ginny Media. We had a great conversation, which I'm sure you're going to enjoy. And uh, you'll very quickly pick up her expertise and her many years on air by her booming, clear, and beautiful voice. So Jeannie is an award-winning journalist. She's known to stun many personalities with her quick-witted introductions on on air tactics. She left Paula Abdul in a laughing fit and Havana Brown choking. She has interviewed many people, including Katie Lang, Jennifer Beals, Ruby Rose, and Martina Navratilova, and the list goes on. She has launched her new brand, her new podcast, The Ginny Show. Curry Comedy and Connection which invites listeners to follow the hilarious journey and the life of a young Sri Lankan gay immigrant woman growing up in Australia with guest appearances from Ginny's aunties, 170 cousins and celebrities. Ginny Media is a boutique podcast production company serving the vision entrepreneurs, celebrities and influential organizations around the world. She specializes in podcast production and content repurposing and and they provide concierge style service to ensure your voice is literally being heard where it needs to be. So I'd like to welcome Jeannie to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today. Hey, well, welcome Jeannie. I'm super, super excited to have you on the show and looking at your bio and background, all the stuff that you've done in media, new media, and now a fellow podcaster. I guess you've been podcasting for your, like you said, two, three years.
0: Yes, I launched The Ginny Show, which is, as you can tell, Doug, a very narcissistic name, but uh, <laughs> it was purposely and intently called that because I was kind of ready to step into my own with podcasting. So it's been a journey of two and a half years for The Ginny Show and it's unpacked and unfolded so many opportunities for me and so many I guess, lessons of growth internally. And I've learned so much about myself and the behaviors of other people that really bring value to living your happiest life. So podcasting for me has has opened up so many things, which I'm sure we'll talk about in this podcast. But yes, two and a half years. You'll probably know too, Doug, that you're talking to a podcaster. So you may have to tell me to shut up because we will literally talk the whole way through. I Our do- answer may be 10 minutes. Well, I do
1: have the, I do have the mute button. So if you... <laughs> That's great. So how did you transition from what you were doing um, as a regular day job and decide, hey, this is a media I'd like to try to see if I can actually make a business as a podcaster?
0: Well, what happened was I was in college. I was studying arts, creative arts. So it's primarily writing and performance art. So when I started working at a radio station, I was working for free for about nine years on and off. So, you know, I did the morning shift, which is not an easy shift, especially if, you know, you're trying to have, you've got a college degree to finish and you're trying to juggle your full-time job or whatnot. But getting up at 4.30 a.m., making sure you're there at the station by, you know, 5.15 so you can do some show prep before you're on air by 6 or 6.30 a.m. So, you It was a big learning curve for me because one thing that I learned about myself was sometimes I'm not the best morning person. That's the first thing. But secondly, knowing the fact that I wasn't the best morning person, the fact that I got up at 4.30 a.m. without fail to be there for the breakfast show, it just – demonstrated to me how much I loved radio and how much I loved being on air and creating that content. And obviously when the iPod came out and podcasts started to pop up and FM stations were like ripping off certain interviews from the audio log and creating them into podcast, it kind of came to a point where I was just doing this as a side hustle because I was used to just doing radio on the side or podcasting on the side. But it got to a point where when I started doing my day job because I was struggling kind of culturally because you're taught you need to have a job that's steady and stable and I hadn't seen what I kind of wanted to do in radio. All I knew is I love creating content. I love being behind the mic. I love putting podcasts out and talking to these amazing people that have lived extraordinary lives. So when I was doing my day job, there was always something missing. And that was always the audio. So if I stopped podcasting, if I stopped radio, it just wasn't the same for me. So I guess I was listening to all these podcasts by Gary Vaynerchuk and Lewis Howes and Tim Ferriss and all these different podcast that I was listening to during my day job, which really inspired me to go, okay, I'm going to go all in. So when I started the Ginny Show podcast, it got nominated for a couple of awards, which I'm so honored for still to this day. People started to come up to me and ask me, how do you do this? Can you show me how you do a podcast? So I kind of just fell into it, Doug. it was just purely by accident. I had no intention of, of doing that when I started doing the podcast. But I think traditionally, when you go into podcasting, your belief is the only way you can make money is through sponsorship or advertising revenue. And this wasn't the case at all for me. Like I went in there and I thought, okay, cool. I might get a couple of sponsorships or this might just be the thing that, you know, gets me out there to do some, some gigs, all that kind of thing. But, This is what resulted of it. So I I kind of fell into producing podcasts for others. And I absolutely love it because I learn so much from my clients about the journey and they go through in their story. So as a very long answer again, Doug, but it kind of sums up how I fell into podcasting in a full-time business from my day job.
1: Well it's interesting because I often think that you know people have this structured plan where they've set out all the things they want to do, and they just start marching towards that so you know it's encouraging to hear that, like you said, you can you took something that you really loved and out of that passion and and love for the media, a business opportunity arose which you obviously seized yeah that's
0: that's exactly what happened, Doug. when I started producing podcasts, I loved being behind the uh, panel and, you know, saying to my clientele, maybe we should take the interview this way and that way. We were creating. I wasn't the voice behind the microphone that was creating, but I was giving some direction or guidance to the person who was creating the content. And the thing about podcasting, audio, and radio, and we were taught this in radio school as well, is out of all the communication mediums out there, when you look at video, when you look at text, whether it be in the form of blogging or reading, and you look at audio – Audio is the one that is so intimate because when traditionally when people listen to radio, it's within a meter away from you and you generally listen to radio alone. It's not one of those things that you do on a Friday night over popcorn. We're <laughs> like, okay, let's put on the radio or let's listen to a podcast. But yep. this is why it's such an intimate medium and podcasting also because you know now with the advancements in technology, you're literally in someone's ear. And that is such an intimate and impactful space to be in because you don't let very many people close to you that way. And I think that's why podcasting has become so powerful and such a powerful tool of communication.
1: Oh, that's true. I mean, I had never thought of it that way, but you're right. I listened to uh, somebody speaking at one of the direct marketing association meetings and she runs a large publishing company. That's what she talked about was the different media and the way that you use it. So you're right. This is a a soul that we don't normally get together with our friends and say, Hey, let's all listen to a podcast. I might say to you, Hey, Ginny, check out, you know, Tim Ferriss's last podcast. But again, that's a recommendation. And it's a one-on-one, you know, relationship I've had with him for that 30 minutes. I'm on the bike or whatever it is I'm doing.
0: (laughs) Exactly, exactly.
1: (laughs) So tell us a little bit about what sort of work you do. So I'm thinking, you know, we've got listeners that um, may look at uh, podcasting as a media to expand their business, to reach a new audience or provide a service. And, you know, I guess lots of times people look at this and it's overwhelming all the things that you need to do to go from the, hey, let's, we should have a podcast for our company or brand to actually getting it out there. Um, And I think that probably shot, you know, a lot of people shy away from it because of that. So, you know, what are the things that you can actually outsource you don't have to do yourself
0: I think you've got to first start with, and th- I take my clients through this as well. When we When we do a podcast, start with the why. Why are you doing the podcast? Is it a lead magnet for your business? Is it purely because you want to learn from different people who are living amazing lives? Is it just pretty much like a press pass for you? Do you want to kind of have a podcast that covers events around your particular area or country? I think that's the first place you should start if you're looking to do a podcast. Why are you doing it? And then let's reverse engineer from there because if you're going to be, for example, if you're going to do a podcast that you're going to be traveling to rural, rural, or um, you know regional areas of your city, obviously time might not be a luxury that you have. So I think you've got to look at why you want to do it, and then unpack it from there. So how much time can you actually invest in this podcast? Can you put a lot of time into it? Because the more investment of your time that you can put in, the more that you can kind of analyze your skill set. Do you want to put in the time to do some courses or you know, watch some YouTube tutorials on how to edit a podcast? If you really want to do that, well, then that's kind of a great place to start of how you can kind of minimize costs for you. But if you're that type of person where you're like, I have too much on my plate. I want to do this podcast. I want to make an investment. There's so many opportunities out there. There's all these courses. You can go to so many freelancer sites and hire different people to do different things for you, audio editing or whatnot. If you just want to walk in, record your files and drop it in like a Dropbox or a Google Drive or whatnot and let whoever the editor is take over it. Well that's that's exactly what you can find. It's literally at your fingertips. But it really comes down to the investment that you want to put in. And it's not an investment and you would know this too, Doug, doing this for a year now, it's not an investment that you make for a week or a month or three months. This is an ongoing investment. So think about the long-term as well. Are you going to be able to keep up this amount of time? Are you going to be able to keep up these amount of self-resourced vehicles that you've built for yourself so I think it's important to start there the why and how much time investment you're willing to put in because a lot of people find themselves saying yeah I can do it I can handle it and they stop because they're too overwhelmed with what they have to learn so it's really about having that honest conversation with yourself.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what I've seen as well. I guess the other side is that you brought up a good point. This is a long game. So the idea that I'm going to start a podcast and I'm going to generate enough revenue right off the bat to uh, cover my costs or to to live on, you know, I just don't think is a reality.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting too because some of the stats that Nielsen brought out for the 2018, you know, podcast stats was there's over half a million podcasts on iTunes alone, but only 46 to 48 percent of them are still active. So sorry 46 to 48 percent of them are not active so it goes to show that people do start a podcast but they don't think about the long-term game of how we need to keep doing this because you can say hey I have a podcast out there but if it's not relevant, if it's not credible, if it's not keeping you if it's not it's if it's not going at the moment it's one of those things where you you need to really think about the time it's it's they call it pod fade. So a lot of people go through that pod fade where they do eight episodes. It's roughly the, the time where they tend to fade out and they just go all in all hard and they find out it's not sustainable.
1: Yeah, that's. What, I remember reading those stats. I remember thinking, wow, I got past seven. So when I do eight, I'm <laughs> going to be ahead of most people. And then when I did my hundredth episode, I went, well, that's not really a big deal. And then I started talking to a few people. They went, no, a hundred episodes is a lot of episodes. I mean, most people, like you said, don't make it past eight.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Doug. You should give yourself a pat on the back because 100 episodes is a great milestone. Clearly, you've you form a routine for yourself, and you've you've clearly figured out what works for you to keep these podcasts churning because it's valuable content now. Now that you know we have access to millions and millions of content pieces from podcasts or audio to you know Alexa skills to huge anything we've got access to that. So if you keep creating content, you know you'll keep showing up.
1: So is there an example you can share with our listeners of a particular podcast that you worked, um, maybe a client of yours and and how you walked them through this process and what the end result was or was?
0: Absolutely. So every client's going to have different needs. If you're a corporate client, obviously the demands and expectations on your time and you know your deadlines are going to be different to an entrepreneurial client. But a lot of my clients are entrepreneurs and I guess where they i guess hit a point of i guess freak out or overwhelm is in the process of creating it and i find i giggle about it now because i i've seen it happen so many times it's what comes up a lot with my clientele is imposter syndrome where it's i find it hilarious because you know so the clients that I work with, they've achieved amazing things. And I'm like, you seriously, you, you, you're questioning how you can get behind a mic and talk where you, you've done so many amazing things. But they go through this cycle of imposter syndrome of who am I to do this? I can't do this. And, you know, when the overwhelm kicks in, you just naturally as humans, as we, you know, fall back into fear, we talk ourselves out of it. We're like, no, this is too much. This is too overwhelming. I can't do it. So... It's coaching through that imposter syndrome about going back to your why. And this is why I start with why are you doing the podcast? So if we hold that intention, if we set that intention before we start actually creating the content or the audio, we know what we have to fall back on. We're very aware of where we're going. So that's the first thing, talking him through the imposter syndrome. And the next thing I kind of do is I kind of assess how comfortable they are with technology because with podcasting now, with the hundreds of microphones that are out there and, you know, there's XLR, there's USB, there's obviously a difference between the two. But if a client is comfortable with technology, well and they have a budget as well. So I ask them how see how comfortable they are with technology or see how what their budget is, then I recommend the equipment for them to what they use because everyone's equipment is going to look different. Someone who's not comfortable with technology, I'm not going to recommend them a very complicated digital audio workspace with an XLR mic setup. I'm not going to recommend them that because that would probably be too overwhelming for them. So I guess my process is, Doug, to kind of look at what's going on with the client Whatever it is, and eliminate those points of potential friction for them. And that being, and how do you operate equipment, how to prepare for a show, how to record a show, what to do with the audio files and after the show, after the interview is recorded. So there's things like that that I talk them through in initial strategy. And, you know, over time, as they do it week in, week out, they get like they get used to it. And, one of the things I found is when a client starts you know, doing podcast recordings, they go all in, they're very excited, they're recording like three, four a week, and then they find they get overwhelmed. So we have to really scale back and be like, okay, only record two days a week or one day a week, and then we've got enough podcasts in the bank to start to keep us going. So it's a lot of, I guess you've got to listen to what the client isn't saying and watch what they're doing as well.
1: Well, and they need to draw on your experience too. I mean, you know, and I did see uh, for listeners that uh, that aren't uh, following Ginny uh, on uh, Instagram, she does have the video link there for the difference in XLR and USB microphone. <laughs> but yeah i mean so it be, they need your expertise as well because if they knew everything uh to do to make this work then they you know they, they probably wouldn't need a consultant coaching them to get all the pieces together so i'm sure at some point you need to push back and say you know if you want to reach your goal whatever your goal is you're going to need to do commit to do these certain things
0: absolutely and that that's the thing about having
1: a podcast coach or you know a podcast producer there for you
0: that someone that you can talk to about this process because i've been through this with you know, at least 30 other clients before so I've gone through this process many times with my clientele so having that person there to talk to will help you talk will help talk you off the ledge but also hold you accountable to what your goal is and when you look at personal training now I'm the kind of person sometimes I need that person to be there to be like what are you doing you know don't eat that make sure you do 10 push-ups I'm that kind of person (laughs) when it comes to my health and fitness you know I'm that kind of person who has a gym membership but you know I'll walk to the subway see the gym and then I'll go down the stairs and avoid the gym because you know i'm happy to pay that gym membership but if i know i have a personal trainer in there waiting for me who's allocated that time that hour for me just for me i will feel bad about letting them down so i will avoid the subway steps and walk into the gym to see them so it's that accountability factor that a coach, a trainer, whatever you want to call them, a mentor brings that really does help you see your results a lot sooner. And it's just, you're reminded of it so frequently that It's just going to be embedded in you and what you do. Well,
1: and for me, the way that I got around that was I decided I was going to podcast on Fridays and Fridays didn't always work in terms of my recording. So I decided to batch them on Thursdays and I do a few on Wednesdays, but 90% of my podcast work is done on Thursday. So I just block out the entire day of Thursday and I don't do anything that's not podcasting related. So I'm either interviewing guests, being interviewed by other podcasters, or I'm promoting my episodes or somebody else's episodes.
0: Right. So you figured out a, a routine for yourself that works for you. That
1: works for me. Yeah. yeah I mean, I appreciate it doesn't work for everybody, yeah. but you know, I, I can make that work for me.
0: Exactly. I, I love how you, you kind of reverse engineer that self-awareness and we're like, okay, this is what works for me. This is what works for my schedule. I'm going to do it that way. That's great. Actually, a lot of podcasters I know have like a day allocated to recording back to back and that's it. And some people do it over multiple days. So I do it over uh, two days in the week. I do it one day or this day. That's th- that's what works for me in my schedule. So really, again, it's that, you know, being aware of your time investment, what can you commit to? And you're very aware of that, Doug, which is great.
1: Now, can we talk about a, a kind of a pain point for podcasters? So I don't know if this is asking you too deep a question in terms of... <laughs> Go <laughs> for it. Okay. So... Marketing I see yes. uh, the biggest number of complaints about podcasters about uh, marketing and and uh, growing their show
0: okay so this is when you mean it as a pain point they're like oh how do we do it or oh, we're not able yep. to market it what's the pain okay
1: the pain point is I, I want more listeners I want to grow my show I want to be uh, have a higher rating a better placement in iTunes
0: right okay so there's a few things there that do, do you get a lot of these complaints Doug it sounds like uh, you, you're quite behind this <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, you know, I want I, to make sure I'm keeping up with what's going on. And, you know, I'm, I'm in the media, marketing, uh, advertising, buying space. So I always think that those questions are interesting because I'm not usually uh, using um, organic tactics. We're using, you know, pay to play.
0: Right. Well, there's a few things that we could actually start off with looking at when it comes to marketing or when it comes to growing your podcast audience. I actually do have a blog about this. It's If you want to go to it, I can send you the link for show notes afterwards, Doug. But essentially, so if you want to grow your podcast, obviously get more listeners. It's, it's kind of that point we're in the, the process where we've got to kind of unpack the podcast. One of the, thing that has, one of the things that have come up for me and my clientele recently is the day of the podcast. A couple of my clients were putting podcasts on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Now, when it comes to the day of release, a lot of people ask me, what's the best day to do a podcast? Well, the best day is the same day as the last day. But if you are going to change it, you need to announce it and you need to stick to it. So there is that commitment to the frequency of the podcast. So if you are if you're not Oprah, if you're not Gary Vee, if you don't have an established big <laughs> kind of following, you kind of have to go where the crowd is, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, you got, you kind got of to, go to the, got to go to the stadium where the audience is that's willing to listen to you. So in my experience, podcasts are most listened to around the start of the week. So your Mondays to your Wednesdays, because around Thursday to Saturday, people are starting to think about their weekend and they're winding down. So one of my clients, we moved his podcast from Friday to Tuesday, And we've seen a significant spike because we're now what we are actually doing with the podcast listener is we're shifting their mentality from having us be a weekend listen to a commute listen or like we're incorporating our podcast into the day. And it's only a very subtle shift. We just had to change the day. That's all it really was. But now the listener's behavior towards a podcast has changed. We're not, okay, we're not a a podcast that gets listened to over Sunday brunch or coffee or reading the paper or whatnot in the background. We're a podcast that gets listened to during the commute. So now we've automatically become a part of someone's day. So there's a little thing like there. In terms of marketing and, and growing the podcast, the best place to start is, not to be romantic with your podcast. I know that. I know Gary Vee says don't be romantic, but it's the truth. <laughs> like figure out in your podcast, what are people liking? What are they yeah. not liking? What do they want more of you? And if you're not hearing that from your listeners, put a post out on social media saying, "How I, I've got this awesome guest coming on, what should I ask them? Now, there's two cheeky things about that kind of post because one – if your audience is really going to be excited about that guest, they're going to do your show prep for you because they're going to give you the question. So you're going to have, you know, some of your show prep done. And the second thing is you'll be able to learn about your audience and what they care about. Cause the questions that they will put to, to you may be about health. They may be about, you know, luggage. They may be about pens. You don't know, but, Certain things that they bring up in that conversation or in that kind of presentation of what they want to ask this guest, that's a data point for you to move forward and to create. So finding that, I guess, those extra layers about what your audience care about, that really helps grow your audience because you can really get inside creating that kind of content that's valuable to them. Another tip I have for you is Think about how many apps that you're on. Are you on like only two apps? Are you on three apps? Are you on four apps? And by apps, I mean Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, uh, Stitcher. There's a whole heap of them. Sure. But check out how many apps that you're on because if you can be on more apps, you can reach more people because not everyone listens to Apple Podcasts, even though they have majority of the market share. Other people prefer Android devices. So you've got to kind of look at that as well. Where are you distributing your podcast? Where, where can you actually hit? The ears of the people that you want to reach. And I guess the other thing is a key point that, you know, we should start doing, whether you're doing a podcast, a vlog, or something else, is repurposing that podcast into a medium that people actually enjoy consuming. And what I mean by that is when you look at humans as a whole, there's three ways that we consume media or communication is that we read things, we watch things and we listen to things. Now, obviously a podcast is built for those who prefer to listen to things. And obviously generally the the podcast population the listeners of podcasts like to manipulate time because audio is the only medium that allows you to consume something in your own time while you're multitasking, doing something else. You can't do that with video and you can't do that when you're reading something. You have to give those two mediums your full and undivided attention. But you have to also understand and deploy that empathy that people out there in humanity they like watching things and they like reading things. So how can we turn the podcast content into like an audiogram where it's a video of you talking and words are popping up or a quote card where you, you know, you drop an awesome quote or a value bomb and you can turn that into like a picture graphic that you pop on Instagram. Instagram loves motivational quotes and those shiny graphics. So that's called repurposing your content. So think about how you can reach a bigger audience just by simply repurposing the podcast audio that you have. So I think there are about four tips for you there, Doug. I can give you more, but I hope that's been of value to you.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's that's really good advice. And you know, and I looked at your content and you and I had this discussion before we started recording, I said that your content looks really good. Like looking at your Instagram account and your Facebook account, you've got the audiograms, you've got the quotes, you've got great pictures, bright, vivid colors, so they draw your attention. So um, it's just good to hear it from somebody who is an expert in this space, because often people are going, well, what, you know, what do I need to do? It's like, well, you, like you said, you've got the content, you've got probably five or 6,000 words of written content for search engines to take that and put it in bite-sized pieces and use it over and over and over again.
0: Absolutely. And if you're an entrepreneur as well, which I'm assuming a lot of your audience is, Doug, yeah. think about platforms that entrepreneurs go to, like LinkedIn, you know, like entrepreneur.com. Think about those platforms. If you've got a podcast, you, your podcast, like this podcast, Doug, you could transcribe this and kind of repurpose it into a LinkedIn article or a blog or a Medium article. That is putting essentially the podcast content in text form to a platform where your audience lives.
1: Absolutely. So that's
0: essentially how you have to start thinking.
1: Yep, that totally makes sense. So looking forward in the next 6, 8, 12 months, what are you most excited about?
0: I'm actually really excited about this year, Doug, because it's last year was obviously there were a lot of changes in my life. I, I moved to New York City from Melbourne, Australia. So it was a big change for me because, you know, it was the first time I was living yeah. Overseas, you know, away from everything that I grew up with and everything I knew, so that was one big change for me. The second uh, big that change- would
1: explain the that would explain the New York Yankee hat that you've got on one of your <laughs> website pictures. I was going okay. Let me see. So you're from Australia. I, I see you holding in your Instagram account a Toblerone, which is my favorite chocolate to eat. <laughs> and then you I see another picture of you holding a um or wearing a, a New York Yankees uh, hat. And I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, you're well traveled for someone who's living down under.
0: Well, that's where it confuses people because I'm Sri Lankan born, so hence I look the Way I do. I sound Australian and I live in New York, so a lot of people, it confuses the crap out of them. So (laughs) I have to kind of give them the backstory of of where I'm from. But uh, to your point, what I'm looking forward to most. So last year was very much a year of me, I guess, settling into a new city, settling into a new routine, which was. Has to When you're an entrepreneur, you know when you're running your own business, you've got to form a routine of self-discipline. And it was the first year that I was kind of running and and doing things. I was just saying yes to a lot of things, which I'm grateful for that I did because every experience brought a learning curve or a lesson for me. So last year was very much about, you know, build, building and, you know, putting a foundation down, which I think, you know, I've managed to do with with – you know, the resources and the tools that I had last year. This year, I'm looking forward to kind of working more on myself. Now, I think when you're running a business, it's like another child. And I think the more that you work on yourself in terms of accountability or like, you know, how optimistic you are about things, I think when you start working on yourself, you can really be of more value to your business, your clients and your team. And I think that's kind of what I want to focus on this year. It's kind of a year of, I've declared this Doug, so I'm going to declare it here too. It's a year of self-love for me. So I'm going to start my day. I've invested in this mastery journal, which helps me, you know, put my time into things I want to do. Yep. So I can, you know, do things out of self-love or do things, tasks that matter to me the most, and then I can start being of service to my team and my clients and et cetera, et cetera. So that's what I'm looking forward to over the next six to eight months, because, you know, I'm excited to see what this journey brings. You know, will I be 10 pounds lighter? Will I be, you know, more happy? Will I have more energy to do things? I'm actually really excited to see what, what happens.
1: Oh, good for you. That's so exciting. So that's, is that the JLD mastery journal you're talking about? Yes. Yes, absolutely.
0: Have you got it too, Doug?
1: I, I don't, but I saw them when they started publishing it a few years ago.
0: Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. Like I've never had a journal before that holds me accountable, but it's just got me into a routine of, okay, these are the things that are important to me. I'm setting my intention for the day. I know exactly what I'm going to be doing as soon as I wake up, which is really
1: helpful. Yeah, I think lots of times uh, entrepreneurs, um, I know I was super guilty of this. I did everything uh, around work first and and didn't, you know, you don't take care of yourself. And what I found was when you're unhealthy, you're not as productive. You're not good for your team. You're not good for your business. So realizing that you're at the center of the business, you're the driving force, the CEO. If you're not uh, if you're not performing at 100%, your business is going to suffer.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Like it's that investment and in the energy that you um, pour into it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So what's some of the bad advice? Uh, So we talked about Tim Ferriss. I'm ripping this off out of his (laughs) last book. What's some of the bad advice here um, about people that are wanting to start a podcast or use that as a business tool?
0: Some bad advice? Oh, this is interesting. Some bad advice to start a podcast. I think if you're going into starting a podcast with, Again, if you're, it's all about the intention. So if your intention is, okay, I want to make, you know, $10,000 off this in three months. So automatically you're putting a restriction on, I guess, the overall organic growth of a podcast. If you're like, okay, well, it has to create X amount of things. I think going in with a result goal, as opposed to an overall vision is where a lot of people fail. Like, oh, because what happens is there you go in with that intention of making X amount of money in X amount of time that, you know, in the first two or three episodes, you're like, well, why am I not getting 10,000 listeners? So it's that mentality of the short game again, that we discussed before. So I think, People who have that mentality of going and I want to make 10K in three or whatever the, the financial goal is. I think going in with a, a result-driven goal rather than an overall vision is going to really deflate the organic process and the growth that you'll have individually and on the podcast.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's a really good point. I mean, um, I knew it was a long game and my expectation when people ask me, well, what about monetization? It's like, well… You know, my monetization strategy really is um, an opportunity to build relationships with really smart people that are technology and, and marketing that I can Potentially do business with long term, not necessarily to sell my service, but to buy their service. So it's a long form interview for potential suppliers. So that's, it's been a great relationship for me because I've made some some great contacts with people that are really smart people in their own space. You know, didn't mean that someone had to write a check to your point of monetization. Depends how you define monetizing your podcast.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Defining monetizing your podcast. And a lot of people kind of think traditionally and are like, oh, you know, we can only make podcast like revenue through advertising, which is what I thought was the only possible way. But there's so many other ways. This could potentially bring you more money in because people really want to hear what you have to say and people value your advice and guidance.
1: Yeah, and if you do want to make money, you can go to either Pat Flynn's site or John JLD's site, Entrepreneur on Fire, and click and download their uh, financial statements for the previous month and see all the places they make money for the podcast.
0: Exactly. That's what I like about JLD because he's very transparent about that. He's like, oh, this is how much I made from affiliates. This is how much I made from advertising. And it's, it's great to see like JLD is a great example of how like the opportunity of the podcast has brought him. So I think when you're going in, that's it's why it's important to start with that intention. Cause if you do want to turn it into a revenue stream for you, there's so many possibilities that you could look at, but it's about getting into that routine of putting out the valuable content, you know, one foot in front of the other every single day that will get you there.
1: So what, you know, kind of fills you up? Fills me up
0: in terms of like food wise, because, you know, we could be here for a while, Doug.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I mean, what makes you really happy?
0: What makes me really happy is, I guess it's gratitude. I I find, Doug, that it's one of those things um, with gratitude that it's the key I don't know if it's a virtue or a key practice, let's just say. Gratitude is a practice that really anchors you into the present. A lot of humans, myself included, struggle staying in the present, but gratitude is what makes me happy. It's that reminder of where I am right now, how I'm feeling, and just the gratitude of things that I probably take for granted in my day-to-day grind that I just stop and reflect and go, you know what? I'm grateful for the fact that I have legs. Like I wouldn't be going on this walk if I didn't have legs. You know, think of the people, like I complain about running when my trainer's like, you know, five minutes on treadmill. I'm like, why, why would you do this? (laughs) Who are you? But you know, I am grateful because if I didn't have legs, I couldn't run. Think of the people who, you know, dream to run or dream to feel the, you know, the pavement between their feet, beneath their feet. And, you know, I think it's gratitude that makes me happy. Gratitude. And then that once I'm feeling that kind of joy and that I guess that sense of purpose and presence, I know this sounds really woo-woo, that kind of, I guess, emanates to the the other parts of my life where, you know, with the quality time that I spend with my loved ones and the, the quality time that I spend with my team and building a team. So just the opportunities that I have in life, I'm just so grateful for. So it all starts with gratitude.
1: Yeah, it totally makes sense. I remember the first time that that really, uh, really sunk into me and I was flying back from New York and I'd normally fly Cathay Pacific because it's a great flight. And I thought how, you know, opposed to complaining that I'm, you know, flying out of JFK and the plane's always late, thinking how lucky am I to be in a Cathay Pacific flight, I'm sitting having a nice meal and a glass of wine, I'm flying business class, like how cool is that to be able to do that as a and have the company pay for it as a business expense? How many people would love to be able to go to New York and just hang out for a week?
0: Exactly. I mean, that sort of thing, the opportunity that you have and that you've created for yourself, you know, ultimately that's what's happened. You've created this for yourself and you're able to do it because you've you've created it for yourself and you are taking that time to reflect going, Wow, this is pretty cool. Not everyone could do it. There was a time where, you know, I wanted to slap my boss in the face because I did not like my job. <laughs> and you know, yeah. I, I'm obviously a little bit more refined, obviously with my anger and my ego now that I probably <laughs> if I was in that circumstance, I wouldn't want to slap you in the face, I'd probably just quit. But it's just one of those things that you you think about the opportunity that that's come to you and, and you reflect on it and You know, there's really, I can't imagine doing anything else.
1: Well, that's so, uh, that's so excellent. I mean, I I listen to people that uh, have a business and uh, so it's great to hear someone that's so full of joy and energy. I love the picture that you've got of you sitting in a leather jacket and a bright colored uh, shirt, probably New York City, I'm guessing.
0: Well, that's actually in Melbourne, Australia, my hometown. So that, that actually launched when um, – that, that picture was taken when I launched my podcast. So, I,
1: I, so it's not, not the Chrysler building behind you then. No, okay.
0: No, <laughs> that's not the Chrysler building, no. But laughing is my favorite pastime, so it, it's pretty cool.
1: So two last questions, and I'll let you get back to your day. The tough one that stumps everybody. We'll see uh, as an expert journalist, I'm sure you'll nail this one. Who's one guest I absolutely have to have on my podcast? Oh,
0: this is – I think for you – Doug, given that, you know, I've, I've watched some of your Instagram videos, you got to have Gary Vee on. I mean, even if it's just a dra- trade where you buy your beanies from, <laughs> like those fashion tips, I've got to say too, as a podcaster where, you know, video, video cameras aren't always in your face like you would be a vlogger, you know, the hair game has got to be up there. Like I, when I was doing <laughs> breakfast radio, I wore beanies daily. Because you know, I just couldn't be bothered doing my hair, and I walked into the studio, and people were like, "Oh, that's really cool. You look really cool. Great. I'm glad you think I look cool." But really, I yeah. haven't done my hair. But they don't need to know yeah. that. So, Gary V definitely, I think, because you know, he's clearly the beanie game, but also, you know, when it comes to content and repurposing content, he really is the master bible when it comes to that. He really knows hacks and tricks of the game because he's so passionate about it.
1: Yeah, he's amazing.
0: He's great with that stuff. So if you want to learn how to grow your podcast, your vlog, or how to repurpose content, like he he's king when it comes to that. But I think I think that's that's a great place. And Amy Porterfield, I think, would be great too, Doug, because she's also I joined one of her webinars the other day, but the way she talks about courses and scaling and fears, like it's she's amazing too. So Gary V and Amy P, I've just dubbed her a new name. So okay, those two.
1: Yeah. <laughs> awesome recommendations. Yeah, I bought some of Amy's materials and we did have a chance to meet Dick Gary Vee when he's in Vancouver. It was almost like a, a cult-like meeting where when he walked into the, um, the conference center, there was a rush to the stage for everyone to go see him. It was kind of funny. Wow,
0: <laughs> that would have been really interesting.
1: So where's the best place for people to reach you? So I don't want you to be shy. I want you to tell us all the different places where people can track you down, hunt you down and learn more about you, see what you're doing and learn about the services that you offer.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, Doug. So you can find me... In various places. So, my personal, I guess, where you can find me personally is on social media where you can check out Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at The Ginny Show. Again, highly narcissistic, but I will be there and I do respond <laughs> to all my DMs and comments. That's all me. So, do, do, please do hit me up. I'd love to hear about, you know, what you're doing, how you're living your life, what makes you happy. I, I love talking to people, and you know I've managed to stumble and make a career out of it as well. So that way, that's where you can find me on social media. Um, you can find me also with through my company, Ginny Media. Again, highly narcissistic, but you know it's just a way that people know who's running it. So if you go to GinnyMedia.com, all our list of services are there, and we're available on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ginny Media as well. So. Please do hit me up if you have any questions about podcasts. We've got a ton of free resources on our site. We've got a few blogs. We've got free eBooks. We just launched a $300 dollars eBook, which is free. You don't even have to pay $300. It's free for you. It's called How to Launch a Podcast. If you're thinking about launching a podcast, it takes you through in detail the five steps that you need to think about when you're launching a podcast. So that is free and on the site for you if you need any tips or have any questions for us.
1: Well, that's so generous. Thanks so much. I appreciate you taking your time and being so honest and transparent and uh, making those resources available.
0: Thank you, Doug. i love being on your show. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'll have to get you on my show.
1: That would be awesome. And uh, next time we come to New York, by then you'll know all the hot places. I haven't been uh, there in a year or so. so <laughs>
0: I'll have to take you to the Australian places because uh, that's where the good coffee
1: lives. No, that's hilarious. We <laughs> We uh, we ended up in an Australian bar in Hong Kong once, which was the weirdest thing to leave uh, downtown Hong <laughs> Kong and go into this Australian bar listening to this band. I'm thinking, wow, we like, we walked back like 50 years into time. <laughs> it was it was kind of interesting. So, anyway, anyway thanks thanks again, Jenny. I really appreciate uh, you sharing with us. I'll make sure that we get all your show notes transcribed and listeners. I would highly recommend that if you want to see how to do it right go take a look at uh, Ginny's resources. Look at how she's producing and promoting her own show. There's lots to learn just in following somebody like her and understanding what she's doing because obviously it's working. So thanks again for tuning in and I look forward to serving you on our next episode. That's all for this episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Now it's time to take your marketing to the next level by visiting dougmorneau.com and downloading our advanced marketing white papers, as well as exclusive resources based on today's episode. That's DougMorneau.com. Until next time, we look forward to serving you right here on Real Marketing Real Fast.